0: So,
1: Dan, what's up, man? What's going on, brother?
0: How you feeling?
1: I'm doing all right. All right.
0: That's good. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Um, where are you from originally? You know, where did you grow up? Uh,
1: I was born in Gloucester City, but I spent most of my childhood in the next town over in Brooklawn, Brooklawn, New Jersey. Okay.
0: And what was um, what was what was your childhood like growing up?
1: Uh, it was pretty decent, man. Um, I got a brother that's 12 years older than me. Um, went to school, Catholic school, spent most of my days trying to bend the rules. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I just played a lot of sports, man. Sports was my thing. Baseball, basketball. I just spent a lot of time outside doing that kind of stuff, man. And, um... What was, what was your family like? Um, it was pretty good, man. Um, you know, my mother and my father split up when I was right around 12. You know, their relationship was always like a little bit, a little bit awkward. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, everything was good, man. Like we had a, we had a pretty tight family, um, yeah, I just competed with my brother a lot. He was 12 years older than me, so we were always <laughs> trying to play sports. I was always trying to beat him. and Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: So my my brother's is uh, 13 years
1: older than me. Really? Yeah. So that's cool. Mean, yeah, not many people have siblings that far apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard thing trying to beat somebody that's 12 years older than you. It made me better though. You know what I mean. It made me better in sports for sure. <laughs>
0: um, so, what kind of uh, what kind of kid were you in high school?
1: Um. Well, baseball kept me out of a lot of like serious trouble. You know what I'm saying, like. Um, Like, again, I I just always felt the need to, like, bend the rules a little bit, no matter what it was. Like, if you told me, I went to Catholic high school, too, so, like, if you told me I had to keep my shirt tucked in, it was always just a little bit untucked on the side, you know what I mean? Or put your tie up, it was always down a little bit. Just whatever the fuck I could think of. You know, and then I guess, you know, my drinking and my drugging started around probably sophomore or junior. Yeah, I had a couple little things before that, but mainly, like, my drinking started right around then. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, like, an over-the-top thing at the time because I was so serious about baseball. And that kind of kept me out of a lot of shit. Like, if you wanted to know where I was, you know, Monday through Friday, anytime after school, I was on a baseball field, you know. And then when Friday, Saturday, Sunday came around, there was a party I drank, and I drank a lot. I drank heavy, and then I just dragged my ass and did what I had to do the next day, you know? So I was kind of innocent at at that point. I feel like a lot of kids do that, but... And, um, you know, I was never really super outgoing. It was always kind of like... You know, I definitely had my core group of friends, especially in grammar school. Like, we were... I was in school with the same group of kids. It was a small class from, like, pretty much from, like, preschool to eighth grade. It never changed. So I had, like, two good friends that were really, really tight. I still talk to one of them to this day. He was going to be in my wedding, which was pretty cool. But, you know, going into high school, like, that whole dynamic changed, and I was just never really that kind of outgoing. That was just a little bit awkward in high school. So I wasn't one to just go out and figure out, bunch of stuff i kind of just took what came to me and stuck to sports for the most part you know what i mean
0: so did you play sports after high school or
1: um i went to stockton for half a year and dropped out i tried out there i was out of shape going into it because You know, I was drinking and and smoking weed way too much, not concentrating on keeping myself in shape. And whether it would have happened or not, who's to know, but it probably had a lot to do with that. And I, I like, I didn't completely tear my rotator cuff, but I hurt it just enough to where if I wanted to throw again, I needed surgery, but I was able to do, like, day-to-day activities. And I knew I wasn't going to make it to play for the Phillies or anything, so I was just like all right, I guess it's time to wrap it up. You know what I mean? That was it for me. But that was a big turning point in my life. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that whole dynamic was all of a sudden not there anymore. Now it was just me with no sports and, like, what the fuck do I do? I already had that kind of feeling, like, going away to college, like... You know, they ask you in high school, like, what do you think you're going to do? What do you want to major in? And I just always had no fucking idea. Like, I would be like, I like this. I like that. Could I picture myself doing it for the rest of my life? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? So I think I, I ended up just picking business because you can apply that to a lot of different things. But I just, I wasn't focused at all. <laughs>
0: I feel you. Um, I took business and... Turned out to be just way too much math.
1: Absolutely, you know? statistics is in- insane. I could never rack my head around it.
0: So, um, so you mentioned. So you say you were you doing a little bit of drinking and drugging in high school. probably just kind of like everybody else. When so when did <coughs> it, like when did it escalate? And what were some of you know your your vices of choice?
1: I mean, I don't want to, like, underplay it. Like, when I drank, I drank. I, I probably wasn't like everybody else. I mean, I took it to the next level. I just didn't do it. Like, looking back on it, I say it was somewhat innocent because I, I wasn't doing it every day like I did later on down the road. So when I think of those days, I was just like, oh, that's that's when it was innocent. But it it really wasn't. I was always, like, taking it. You know what I mean? When I did it, I did it hard. But when things escalated was... uh when I came back from college, um, to my hometown, I went to a party and that's when I got introduced to opiates, you know? Um, and I can remember one of my best friends was there and there was a line out, um, on the table. And I was like, yo, let me try that, you know? And he was like, I know you do that. Like you're going to like this way too much. Don't even fuck with it. I'm like, hey, shut up. Yeah, I did, you know? And I just did it. That's, I was just reckless and um, I just kind of took it to the maximum, whatever. I'm struggling to find the right word, but. Uh, if it sounded like a good idea at the time, I went with it without any further thought. You know, I just went with it. And, like, that started off a long, long run with with opiates, man. Like, because I already, it, it did two things for me. Like, all the insecurities and the awkwardness, that all went right away. And then I also struggled with pain my whole life because I got Bad feet, bad knees, bad back. That's why I'm hunched over right now. Blah, 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 blah. There's a list of things. You know what I mean? And all that went away. And then now I felt completely normal. I felt what it's like to walk around with no pain and be high at the same time. And I was like, this is where it's at. This is what I've been missing. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I used that a lot later on down the road when people would try and tell me, like, yo, dude, you got... You gotta take a look at this. Like you got issues, and I would be like in my head or out loud. I would I would use that as a justification. Like like now you don't know what it's like to feel how I feel. This is why this is why I do that. Which might have been all good and true if I would have took like five milligrams of Percocet, but not blow like ninety milligrams all at once. Like that's that's a whole different thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in my head it sounded good. That was my justification. You know. But yeah, so that's when things kind of escalated very quickly. Yeah. So. so I was like twenty. Like 20 19 20, yeah. yeah.
0: So we. So when you say escalated quickly, what do you mean?
1: Um. Like all of a sudden, like that became the main priority. You know what I mean? Like, if you're making, if I, you know, I I did a couple. I waited tables believe it or not like and I hated it for a little bit but like I remember working the whole shift and that's like Oxycontin 80s were out back then and they were 50 dollars a piece I I just can vividly remember like as I was getting my tips I would just be like I can't wait I, I gotta at least make 50 and I would work that whole shift or whatever and just like without any thought like I gotta do this it wasn't a thought to like let me save this so I can Get my own spot, or get a nicer truck, or it was just like, no, I I gotta get this first, and then anything else that happens after that, we'll figure it out then. But I gotta get this first, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was just a, and I had I had a group, a small group of friends that were kind of like on that same path. So like. I wasn't singled out at that time. I still had a couple friends that were kind of doing the same things, and we all liked the same music and shit, so we we would get together and party. That's what we did, you know? That was my new spot, like, where I fit in instead of sports. It was, let me do that. And, you know, I didn't wait tables very long because I hated it, but then I started into the construction world um, before it rewind a little bit before that, I got kicked out of my house basically because I was I was selling weed and my mom caught me bagging up, you know, and she's like, "I love you, but I can't be having that here. You got to go," you know, and it tore her apart. It was horrible, you know what I mean? Um, my mom's a very straight edge, awesome, good hearted woman that never did hardly anything wrong in her whole life, you know what I mean? So to see her son doing that it really ripped her up, man. It wasn't funny at all. And it was like, it was definitely, I you know, everybody tries to say I don't have any regrets, but like those type of things, you know, I wish it would never would happen. But anyway, so I moved out. Um, and then I had, I moved in with my aunt at the time. I got a construction job. <laughs> they needed help on the roof inside. And I was always a hard worker, so I said, all right, I'll go over there for a couple weeks. That ended up turning into a few years. And, um, you know, in that, in those, like, on a roofing crew and and a lot of construction crews, a lot of people got problems. It's almost like a prerequisite, you know what I'm saying? So, like, my early view of, like, what it was to to live the construction life, you just go work work your ass off. And when you get home, what you do is your business. And a lot of people, you know, drank heavy or did painkillers to get through the pain, whatever problems they had going on. So like a lot of that shit was normal to me. I didn't think it was that big of a problem. You know, it's just like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing to get through. And the whole time my like addiction was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You know what I mean? And my tolerance kept getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And I'm still making the same amount of money. So yeah, it was crazy.
0: So you say it was it was normal. So when did when did it dawn on you that it was a problem? Did was it something that you realized or was it something that somebody brought to your attention?
1: Um I can remember one time my buddies. Dad, who's in, who was in recovery, had a lot of time at the time, It was like, he was always, he was like a second dad to me. He was always really cool with me. He pulled me aside and said, look, look, dude, you you got some, you got to take a look at this, you know what I mean? Because he knew everything that I did and, and saw how I was moving and it was just like, you take it too far with everything, whether it was gambling a little bit here or trying to sell weed here or just the way you, get high, you know what I mean, it's like, and he did it out of love, and I just, like, kind of, like, shrugged it off, like, I'm going to keep on doing my thing, I I don't know what it is about that age, but you think you got a lot of shit figured out about life and what to do with your life, I was, I'm a very hard-headed individual to this day, you know what I'm saying, but I look back, (laughs) and I'm like, damn, I want to smack the shit out of myself, (laughs) like, what, dude, you didn't have nothing figured out, bro, like, nothing, you know, (laughs) You didn't have a clue what it is to, like, live on your own or anything, and you thought you had it all figured out, you know what I mean? It's crazy. But, like, uh, you know, I I don't know the exact day I realized I had a problem. um, My story's long as far as it it wasn't, like, one eye-opening experience. Like, okay, I got a problem. Let me get help, and now I'm clean. Like, that's some people's stories. It's just not mine. It took me a lot of. Banging my head up against the wall. Like, and that's not necessary. It's really not. You know, a lot of people get it either on the first try or second try, but this is not my story. I I went back out there a bunch of times, you know.
0: So you tried to so you tried to quit before.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I remember probably one of the first times. I was relatively serious about it was like um, I went to this like educational program that was for it was mainly like business people it's called the landmark forum you know what I mean it's like it's like a communicational tool and like a lot of people get a lot more out of that and they realize things about their lives and blah 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 so was over in Center City, Philadelphia, and I went there. And, like, I was the only person like me. That's how I felt. It was everybody else was in suit and ties, and I'm there because, you know, my boss was putting up half, and my dad put up half because my dad knew a little something about it, and he thought it would be beneficial for me. So I went, and there was only two other cats in the whole room that I thought were kind of like blue-collar, or like me, or whatever. And I remember, like, I was... I ran out of money and drugs that weekend and I still went <laughs> and it was that morning and I was like outside, it was cold out trying to smoke a cigarette and I just looked like absolute shit and my boy, who I'm still friends with to this day, was really instrumental in like saving my life in a lot of ways, was there and he was just like, yo man, you alright? And for the first time, like one of the first times, like I didn't come up with some whole bullshit lie, I was just like, nah, I'm not. I'm fucking not, you know what I mean? And he ended up taking me to um my first meeting like that night or the next night. Yeah, my first twelve step fellowship meeting. And um yeah, my point in saying that is like I didn't actually get like I'm four and a half or whatever it is now years clean. Um and that, I got introduced to my first meeting like over 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. Now, there were some stints in between like where I would get three months, nine months. There was a lot of like a couple days, three, four, five days a week. You start feeling better. You get through the detox. You start feeling better and you think, I'm all right now, you know what I mean? Or I could just... Your head tells you I could just do one on the weekend or one after work, and that's it. You know what I mean? And you would believe I would believe that. I would really believe. I would say that and look you straight in the face, like I'm just going to do that. And then a week later, it turns into you're right back where you started. So,
0: was there anything that would would like trigger you to make you want to do that again, or is it just like it was just always in your head and you're always fighting?
1: Um. I mean, early on, everything's a trigger. I was just, for me, I was just so agitated. And I, when I used, I used like, like when I got in my full-blown addiction, I used around the clock. You know what I mean? So I always had a little something in me. Um, drinking was a huge part of my story. You know, I would wake up and take a sip of vodka and whatever I had as a mixer just to, get the shakes off a little bit and go to work and go about my business. But my point is like, I had it in my system all the time. So when I stopped, everything got on my fucking nerves and I was angry and agitated. So like in my head, I just, it would just constantly be like, you need something to take the edge off. You need something, you need something, you know? But yeah, I guess some things were more triggers than others, but I don't really know exactly what they were (laughs) at that time, you know? The world. <laughs> I didn't really want to be a part of it, you know. I didn't really, I didn't like too many people. I didn't want to fuck with too many people, and I was just fine with that, you know. Um, it's hard for me to stay like chronologically in order with my story because it's it was just a lot, a lot of years of going back and forth, you know what I mean. But I know at one point I was, uh, I gave up. Like, being clean and sober wasn't a vision in my head that that I thought was possible for me. It just wasn't in the cards and I just gave up. Like, I'm just gonna die using, so I'm just, I better off just make the best of this and stop thinking, like, I need to get help. I'm just gonna do this. Cause I had failed so many times, you know? And a big part of that was my, it was my fault for like, yeah, I would go to get help and I would sit in the back of the room and not open my mouth up. And I would like, you know, um, disassociate myself, or like somebody would be trying to share something that probably could have helped me, but for whatever reason, I would pick whatever part of his story that was different from mine, and I would say, "Oh, he's not like me, so whatever he's doing can't help me. You people aren't like me, so I'm just gonna make the best of what I knew how to do, which was." Literally, only <laughs> get high and work hard, you know what I mean? That was all I knew how to do. So, it's crazy.
0: You said, like, how your mom had broken into you, broken in that, well, not broken, but she caught you bagging up. Yeah. That one day. Did, so does your mom ever find about, or find out about your using?
1: Yeah. How'd yeah. that go? Um, it went better. I mean, it was horrible at the time, but like it went better than I thought it would be. And um, you know, like there's an amends process that we go through when you work in a step program, and like um, you go to people that you have harmed and, and and be like basically be like, how can I make this right? You know, I was wrong. How can I make this right? And it's different for each person. Like if I stole ten dollars off you, you might say. Let me get the $10 back or you might say, you know, just don't do it again. But we got to leave that up to the other person. You know what I mean? And that's what my mom said, like, just take care of yourself and stay clean, you know, with tears in her eyes and all that. And it was like it was a hard moment for sure. Um, And I didn't stay clean from that day but ever since I've gotten clean and stayed clean, like that's been a huge blessing for me. Like the relationship getting back to where it's complete trust, where I can look at her and as I leave, I know she's not thinking in her head that I'm about to go do something fucked up. Like she knows I'm gonna go home and chill with my kids and take care of my family. You know what I mean? Like, And that took a while. It takes a long time to build back trust you know what I mean? Um, but that's been a Like, our relationship now is great. You know what I mean? It's awesome. That's, that's been a huge blessing for sure.
0: So, like, how how did you end up getting clean for good?
1: Um... Clean for good. How did I get there? Um, I basically just kept doing the things that I already knew how to do, like, that I learned along the way, and I just kept doing them instead of doing them for a short amount of time and then thinking that I was better now or I can maintain it now. I think, like, the great um, lie that addicts and alcoholics have in their head that needs to be smashed is, like, We almost all of us think that someday I'm going to be able to control my drinking or control my drug use. Like when I get better or I get my job back or my truck back or my life back in order, like then I can manage or like successfully drink, you know what I mean? And um, when that was finally broken through a lot of (laughs) hard research out there, you know what I mean, my own experience... And then, like, the day I poured out my bottle of alcohol and said, enough is enough, you know. Like, um, the day before, my girlfriend at the time left me because of my drinking. And and I was like, you know, I'll stop drinking, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, you won't. You can't. You know, she was in recovery, too. And I never heard anybody in recovery say that to somebody. I thought that was real fucked up. And I'm like a real hard headed individual. So if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to make it my sole mission in life to do it, you know? So that kind of gave me a little bit of spark. And I had already been hurting for months and months and months and months and months. Like, I, I knew it on the inside. Like, it wasn't even my worst run at the end. Like, I had way worse consequences before than I did at the end. It was more of, like, physical consequences. But the internal shit was horrible. Like, not because of the breakup, just because it was just that time in my life where inside I was just spiritually fucking broken. You know what I mean? Like, and I just needed help um, in so many ways. And um, I got tired of not being able to trust my own word. Like, any any of my thoughts, actions, or anything that came out of my mouth, I felt like I wasn't a man anymore because I had told myself so many times, like, I'm gonna stop using tomorrow and I'm gonna go to a meeting and do what I, I know I should be doing. I'm gonna do this and turn this around. I had said that so many fucking times and not did it. It was just like a sickening feeling. It just eats, eats up inside you, you know what I mean? And um, Yeah, from that day on, man, I just jumped in. I just jumped in and started doing like, taking suggestions and, and doing things the way everybody else was doing them and the way it had been suggested to me for a while. I was just doing it, you know, and not really expecting instant results like it, like anything else. If you want something to work, you got to work at it. And it's going to take a little bit of time, especially when you spent, you know, all them years living that way. It's going to take a while to like learn how to live a whole different way. And your brain, you got to give your brain a chance to calm the fuck down and like learn how to go out and do everything without nothing in your system like (laughs) you know and be okay with being uncomfortable you know because that would drive me nuts and I'd be like I need a little something I just feel fucking bonkers right now you know just going to the grocery store and dealing with the general public and checking out in line like could set me to fuck off you know what I mean like I feel like I'm about to lose my shit right now you know and, like, so if that's going to set me off, well, you could imagine, it's just, like, your whole day just seems fucked in the beginning. You know what I mean? You just got to give it some time, man. Like, my motivation to to get well and stay well was, was, you know, more than my desire to get high. And, like, meetings, I go to a 12-step fellowship, man, and the people in there and people in the program, you know, saved my life on on a regular basis. You know, I did not by any means do this on my own and the God of my understanding, you know, who I I pray to every day and and keep with me, man. It's like, it's not a, it's not a Dan thing. You know, I didn't create, I didn't figure out how to stay clean. I got a lot of help and still do every day, you know?
0: So what, what keeps you on that straight and narrow path? Yeah, because
1: you say you were four years clean four and a half four my five. clean date june 19th okay yeah it's coming, up. coming up on five yeah. yeah so so
0: what keeps you You
1: know, if all day? goes well i'll be on my honeymoon <laughs> there you go that'll be nice um well now like the blessings of recovery i have a whole lot more that to keep me straight you know um to be honest with you, when it really comes down to it, it's the same fucking thing it was on day one. I don't ever wanna feel like that again. It's real clear to me what it feels like and what it's gonna go back to if I drink again, if I smoke again, if I do any kind of drug again. Like, there's no in between for me. It's always gonna go fucking back right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> there is no, like, I'm just gonna have a drink with my buddies after work. Like, no, I'm eventually it might not be that night it might not be the next day but i'm eventually going to be shooting speedballs in camden again you know what i mean there's no like oh yeah i'm I'm better now like i have a clear fucking vision of what it does to me and like everything in my life gets wrecked you know so like like (laughs) and most of all like i said that spiritual feeling on the inside is real deep for me and i never want to feel like that again and um i don't have to and i don't want to and uh It it was a miracle. I don't know exactly what day it happened, but that obsession to use was lifted, right? And I was talking to you before about how it was, like, all day long. I need something. I need something. I need something. That eventually went away. And um, I still thank God every morning before I leave the house. Like, thank you, God, for waking me up without the obsession to use drugs and alcohol. You know, please watch over all my friends and family. Keep everybody safe and happy. Like, that was such a big deal to me that almost five years later, I still say that every morning because I don't ever want to have that obsession, that craving fucking all day long where that's the most important thing, you know. And um, because of doing the right thing, you know, for the right reasons for a length of time, like, God has blessed me in a whole lot of ways. And, like, I'm doing things now that I never thought I would be doing, like, I'm a father, you know what I mean? I own a pretty nice truck. Uh I actually I'm a homeowner. You know what I mean? If you would have told <laughs> if you would have said like, you know, you're gonna you'd be doing those things like I'm about to get married. If you told me all those things I was gonna be doing like, you know, seven years ago, I would have been like, You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I'm not even gonna live past I'm probably not gonna live past tomorrow, and I'm okay with that. You know, so like making any kind of commitment for the future was not something that I ever did or looked at. You know what I mean? And now it's like I have a beautiful life, man, that I wouldn't change for anything. You know, it's pretty awesome how things played out for sure.
0: So, what uh, what's the biggest lesson that you feel that you learned throughout your whole experience?
1: There's a lot, man. Biggest lesson. Um I I guess that like it's okay to ask for help. It does that's not a sign of you not, you know, being manly enough or whatever. And um uh, and, and running stuff past other people before you make You know, decisions, big decisions, and just the whole idea of, like, not, just knowing that you you don't have it all figured out, and, like, it's okay to ask people about. A lot of what I learned is from other people's experience, and, like, good and bad. Sometimes people show me what not to do, you know, and, um, just learning, just constantly learning about myself, and, um... And about how to live, man, you know what I mean? Because I use for a lot longer than I've been clean, so like I, I still got a lot to learn. Um and I think it you know, everybody should should be in that mindset, you know. As soon as you start thinking you got it all figured out, it's like then when somebody doesn't do something the way you want it, you get made. Blah, blah, blah. I and I I don't practice my program perfectly by, by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but I, I try the best I can, you know? And, uh, there's, really, um, there's really no reason to, to go backwards to pick up and get high again, really. You know, feelings are feelings or emotions are emotions, they come and go. And I, I don't have to take them away. By getting high, like they're gonna pay. Like if I was pissed right now, chances are if I get a good night's rest tomorrow, I'm probably not gonna feel that way when I wake up. But if I get high, you better believe I will be. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just learning that that whole thing was a lie. That your brain can lie to you. That you can believe your own bullshit. And that when you speak that out loud to other people who know, and that similarly, like act like you and have the same disease of addiction as you, like. It makes it better. You know what I mean? Either they, either sometimes it just helps to hear yourself say it out loud so you can hear how much bullshit it is and not do it, or, you know, sometimes that person might give you some firsthand experience and knowledge where you never would have figured that out on your own, you know? I don't know. A lot of good lessons along the way, man. It's just the first one that popped in my head, really. And just showing up, you know, suiting up and showing up no matter what's going on. Try to think about other people more than you think about yourself. I mean, it sounds, you know, altruistic or whatever, but, like, I, I try to think about my family first before myself. You know what I mean? But if you really take a look at it, human beings are, like, selfish people. You think about your wants and needs a lot throughout the course of the day, and it's really not that fucking important. Like, it's all, <laughs> all going to work out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's funny.
0: So,
1: what are you most excited about for the future? Future? I don't know, man. Let's see what happens, dude. lot's happened in four and a half years. You know what I mean? Went from one bedroom apartment to a nice house. And, um, you know, fell in love with the woman of my dreams, my wife. You know what I mean? Wife to be. I got two daughters now. Ten year old and a two and a half year old. Awesome dog. I don't know, I'm a pretty simple dude, bro. Like I don't I don't really have all kinds of crazy expectations of what the rest of my life's gonna bring me. I just wanna I wanna stay clean and be happy, dude. You know what I mean? Whatever else happens is is a bonus. Really, but in the near future, there's a lot to be excited about, to be honest. like I'm getting married in May. I'm going to be going on a honeymoon. And next week, I'm going to somebody else's wedding in Miami. So I'm pretty excited about all those things. It's going to be sweet. And watching my daughters grow up, you know what I mean? And having them not ever have to see me high, ever. I can be there for every fucking moment. You know what I mean? That's cool. It's really cool. So, you know, that's a lifelong job, dude. Trying to be a good dad, that'll keep me busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, there's a lot to be excited about, for sure.
0: And so if you could give somebody with one piece of advice who, you know, might be struggling right now, or maybe they know someone who's going through it, what would that be?
1: stop thinking you're unique you know what I mean like yeah you're, you're you are your own person but like you're just like a lot of people if you struggle with the disease of addiction you can get the same kind of help that a lot of other people get and it all starts with just asking for help humbly asking for help and then taking some suggestions stop being so hard at it you know what i mean and um it's tough in the beginning to do that it doesn't happen like that and it is it's a constant like reapplication of that because you know you you take on a certain amount of ideals and like mindset when you're running the streets and doing this and that and um you have to be a certain way to survive doing that and none of that life involves asking for help <laughs> especially with how you feel so like all that is going to feel uncomfortable nobody wants to go up and hug another man nobody wants to ask for their phone number or ask for help yo dude can of call you and talk to you. like nobody wants to do that it feels awkward as shit you know what i mean but that's where the help is you know what i mean and um you know, just putting your just putting that first step forward and not be afraid to keep on walking, dude. And um, you know that initial period where everything feels fucked up and you're hurting and you feel like you're going crazy, like when you're in it, it feels like it lasts forever. Like you got to do something to stop it, but in the grand scheme of things, like three, four days physical depending on what you're doing, maybe a little bit longer, and then the rest is mental, and that calms down after a couple months, usually, maybe a little longer, depending on how what kind of shape you're in. And then, you know, from there, it's it gets a little easier. It's it's never easy, but it gets – you don't feel like, you know, in the beginning you just feel like this is never going to end. I can't do this. And yeah, it's not the truth. You know what I mean? There's, there's always a way out. There's, there's definitely a way out for sure. Seen people in a lot worse shape than I was, get it, you know, and, and get clean. All walks of life, too. It doesn't matter where you come from. We all feel the same, you know what I mean? When you listen to somebody share at a meeting, it's like, that's the one thing you can always identify with is their, is their feelings, how they felt, how they feel now, what they're going through, you know? It could be a lawyer, a doctor, it could be a carpenter, a trash worker, teacher don't matter really it all comes down to the same shit (sighs) yeah and apply yourself that's about it you know I could have saved myself a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) you know I don't know man I I try not to regret time like that because you know I guess you got to go through what you, you go through to get where you are today like if I didn't go through what I went through, I, you know, I wouldn't have met the same people that I know and love today. Probably things wouldn't have played out exactly how they played out, you know. So I try not to regret any of that. But my point is, anybody who is just coming in, like you, don't have to relapse. That's my point. <laughs> you can get it on the first time around. It's all lead out for you. You just got to, you know, be okay with being uncomfortable for a little while and then just get to work and apply yourself. You know what I mean? That's about it. well, Dan.
0: Thank you, man. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having me out, bro.
0: Try to take care of yourself now. I'm going to. All right. We're getting in no trouble. (laughs) Nah, I'm good. All right, man. Thank you, brother.
1: You're welcome, bro.